0: Welcome to episode two of Made For More. I'm joined with world-renowned speaker and author, Bianca Altoff. We are gonna have a conversation on developing a story that'll build culture. It's a great conversation. I believe it'll help you be the leader God has called you to be. Let's do this thing. What's up, and welcome to the Made for More Leadership Podcast. My name is Aaron Burke. I'm your host, and we are so glad that you're with us. If you're new, man, we're always dropping new content, so make sure you like and subscribe and share this with your friends. Today, I am with the one and only, what I think is one of the best communicators in our nation, Bianca. Altoff, you are flattering me
1: already. Wow, she we're is off to a incredible. good start. <laughs> yes, and she is
0: here in Tampa preaching for us tonight. And I asked her to come on and we're going to talk today about culture Yes, and we're going to have a really good time talking about it. Give us a little bit of your background, who you are, what you do.
1: Okay. So I made up this ethnicity. I'm Mexican. So my dad's Mexican. My mom's Puerto Rican, which means nothing more than I'm always late. I wear lots of makeup. (laughs) I came out of the womb with high heels. I love to dance. Uh, God has a funny sense of humor because I married a man of German descent. And if you know the Germans, they're the organized ones. They have no funds. They're good with their money. Um, So I like to say we're like chips and salsa. He's white and salty. I bring the fire and it's a good mix
0: Mixes well.
1: Yes. Yes. And I have two step kids, Parker and Ryan. I've been their life since three and five and they're now 14 and 16 years old.
0: Well, I've been following you for years and what you've done. And, um, Heard you preach at Gateway and different conferences. Different.
1: I feel very nervous right now. Well, I'm just I feel saying very nervous. You've done a I good feel job. Exposed, so I'm friend. putting an
0: expectation on this podcast that is really high. But I say that to say I've seen this. But really, where I got really excited about you guys is that you're church planners. We are. And I have a huge heart for church planners. Baby church planners. Baby church planners. Just celebrated two years. Yep. Why'd you plan a church?
1: I don't know. (laughs) No, um, so I'm going to distill this into the quickest, shortest story possible. My husband uh, was on staff at a church called Mariners in Orange County, California. A very large church. And we loved it. I felt like if we stayed there for the rest of our life it would be fine. and um, Not fine, it'd be good. Uh, But we sensed something that God was doing and people were coming around and we started, my husband is a level three sommelier. And so we started hosting food and uh, food dinner parties at our house. And uh, we started noticing that like my yoga instructor came, this guy from my gym came, Matt invited random people from restaurants and they came into our home. Like I look back at it now. I'm like, this is probably not the smartest things. Right. But we invited these people and slowly but surely Every single time we hosted a dinner party, the conversation of God and Jesus and church came up, and we got to hear so many different perspectives, and um, we were doing that for several months, and it just started to grow, and then I went to go speak at a church in Northern California, near uh, right in between San Francisco and Napa, and the senior pastor asked what Matt and I were doing for community, and I said, oh, we're hosting these dinner parties, and he's like, oh, so you guys are church planners. I called my husband that night, I'm like, this pastor's a heretic, we're not <laughs> church planners, and... Fast forward a couple of years, he's actually our senior pastor, and wow. uh, Dave Patterson out of the Father's House. Yep. And um, so we started this church in our living room, and uh, it just it just kind of exploded and we didn't know what to do. And then the reality was like, we, we, we are shepherding these people. We need to shepherd them. Well, so let's make this thing official. And we launched September 7th, 2019 and 2018, forgive me, 2018. And it has been an absolute adventure. The good, the bad, the ugly. Absolutely. And I wouldn't go back and change. I, well, I was going to say, I wouldn't change anything. Oh, I'm sure there's but a I've lot worn of Some things. pretty disastrous outfits that are forever <laughs> recorded on YouTube. So my bad.
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. Now, if people want to be involved, maybe they have family in Southern California, how yeah. can they get involved?
1: So we're located in orange County, but we have a global community that's happened thankfully because of the pandemic. So yep. we have a large digital community and we have community groups, small groups around the globe of uh, groups in the UK in Germany in um, Peru and in Mexico. And so it's, it's, it's fascinating, but if people want to get involved uh, the church is called the father's house oc oh, we're located in orange county california which is in southern california and you can come to disneyland and then go to the real happiest place on earth
0: that <laughs> is a good idea okay we always start these out with a lightning round of some fun questions okay, okay so these questions are not spiritual okay. but they're a lot of fun okay. so just so Let's people go. can connect with you favorite netflix show
1: um wait, wait wait i'm serious about this because i'm gonna say west wing
0: the West Wing? I'm going to say
1: West Wing, yes. Great show. Yeah.
0: I've watched all of it. Me Very too. good. Okay, best book other than the Bible?
1: Uh, Where the Dad Sings. Really? Yeah.
0: I don't know if I know what that book is. It's a
1: novel. I grew up illiterate, and so the moment that I began to read, I would just devour novels. So I think my go-to is never like leadership books. It should be. This is a leadership podcast. Right. I have great recommendations, but like if I had to pick, I'm definitely picking a novel, and uh, it's written about a girl in the south and i think the the word mastery and the crafting of prose and the narrative storyline i mean phenomenal
0: my wife reads novels i don't read any novels okay i'm gonna send it to her yeah she will read it and i'll be glad because it's not harry potter because that's the only (laughs) other thing she'll read which is not appropriate to say on the podcast but go ahead um okay favorite cereal if you could eat one cereal. Oh my gosh.
1: Life. I, okay. So I'm trying to eat really clean. And all right, I all stuff, right. And then, so like, I'm going to say it, I'm going to have a hankering for it. Cinnamon toast crunch. That's mine. Hands down. And then it you drink the milk with the cinnamon and sugar. Jesus take the wheel. It will be served oh, in heaven. It will. It, it will. will right okay. next to Puerto Rican rice and beans. Right there. Ooh, very
0: good. <laughs> all right. I've asked this question before to other guests and it's always something that's controversial. So if you could eliminate a fast food restaurant off the planet. McDonald's. There is no way McDonald's. you pick McDonald's.
1: It is it is trash. My
0: children trash. would not listen to you anymore, Bianca. Uh,
1: you know what? They can repent right now, okay? <laughs> I'm only here to spring, spring, bring the truth.
0: Okay. McDonald's. I've literally I have asked this watched this before like and never seven heard.
1: documentaries about how like – twisted okay the history of mcdonald's has been and so that's why and the meat it really isn't meat like you know but that right? no fast
0: food is real meat but it's so good Ugh. i say anything that's a seafood fast food
1: have you ever that's had seafood sketchy. oh no it's oh no I, it's, anyway, it's Mm-mm. just Mm-mm. another
0: lesson okay <laughs> hey we are people might be listening to this later um someone might have shared it with you guys and it's later in 2021 2022 but in 2020 we're in the middle of a pandemic we are it's crazy what's maybe a lesson you've learned during this time
1: You know, um, I would say the first, the first six weeks for both Matt and I, and we're gonna take this real serious, but the first six weeks it was hunkering down. And as young church planners, we weren't even, we had maybe we were about a year, a little over a year old. And, um, what the pandemic revealed was really what was inside that Hmm. has always been there. But the pandemic was like a fire that kind of revealed the dross, the impurities, not just of our marriage, but of our ministry. We're like, Wow. We didn't realize that all of this was in our team, so Mm -hmm. we got to really shepherd our team. You know, I I would not want to do, I I would not, because of the ravishing effects of the pandemic and how many lives we've lost. I wouldn't want to do it again. But there is this undercurrent of beauty that we're beginning to see now, and we get to live out Genesis fifty twenty, where what God meant for, where the enemy meant for evil, God will turn around for good, and we're seeing that now. And I feel like um, our marriage, the ministry. our team is so much stronger because of what has been removed and what's been surfaced in this season.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So we're on a leadership podcast. We're going to be talking for a little bit about culture and you guys have built a great culture. You've been part of some great culture in the past too. We're going to talk about it, so it's such a broad term. It Define is. what we're co- talking about today.
1: So, for the sake of our conversation, because if you Google the term "culture," you'll find a bunch of different things. If you there's culture documents from Apple, there's culture documents from sure. Google and Coca Cola and Starbucks. I think within the realm, um, specifically for I would say startups, or in our case, um, there might be some church planners yep. on here. Culture is not just what you are determining it de- determining it is, but it's the story that others are telling about you.
0: Wow! And
1: so, if we're not we're letting other people determine what our culture is. So let's talk. Let's talk about like let's. And we're, there's no stereotypes. I'm just asking you a pointed question. When you think about going to Italy, what are some of the things that come to mind? Pizza, right? Right. Hit Wine. Yep. Yeah, hit me.
0: Uh, walks. Yes. Um, uh, brick buildings. Uh, the gondolas. Yes.
1: So everything that you said have all been visual cues. But if you were talking to a blind person, um, you would explain it in similar ways and they would get a sense of what it is. That is culture. You don't have to be there to experience that culture. So when someone is walking into your boutique, if someone's walking into your gym or in some case, in my case, someone walks into the church, it's not just what we tell them. We could put, this is who we are on the wall. We've all seen, been to those churches, those companies that are like, we love people. Everyone's welcome here. And nobody's smiling. And nobody's smiling. Sorry. that That is nothing but some letters on a wall. right? So culture is something that it's not just what you're telling people, it's but what other people are telling you or telling you about yourself or others about your business, your church, your ministry, fill in the blank, your family.
0: I have heard a lot of talks on culture. I've never heard it described this way. And I think that's so brilliant. So why is story so important? Like how do we shape that story?
1: So I'm going to kind of step back a couple of years and I'm going to get to that point. But... I I grew up in East Los Angeles, California. I'm the daughter of immigrants. So, you know, got that spirit of a hustler and the swagger of a college kid. Like, uh-huh. yes. So um, I didn't know how to read, or write, or spell up until I was about 12 years old. And wow. so the moment that it clicked, the moment that language clicked, I actually, for those that are listening to this podcast and not people of faith, just bear with me for a second. You don't have to believe me. I'm just telling you this is what happened. I remember being almost 12 years old and I was laying in the backyard and I was, just sobbing because I'd been mortified at a state standardized test listing that I was special needs. And I knew that I wasn't. And I remember crying on the grass and saying, God, if you give me words, I will give you my voice. Incredible. And shortly thereafter, I don't want to sound like an after-school special, but shortly thereafter, like things just began to click. I began devouring novels. And then I went from testing so low, considering to be special needs, to the following year, the state standardized test for California, I scored 11th and 12th grade and I was in fifth grade.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah.
1: So that is, I share that because my love and passion for story is so integrated with culture. Because remember what I said, it's not just what you are saying about yourself, it's what others are saying about you as well. So if you don't learn how to not just capture the story, not just tell the story, but also shape the story, then you are letting others define your culture. And that's where it gets murky. Yes. So Yelp, I love Yelp. I'm the biggest Yelper. I trust Yelp. Of I course. went to a great restaurant here called Oxford Library? Oxford Exchange. Oxford Exchange. It's very good. Phenomenal. Yep. So I love crowdsourcing. Yep. But you have to be careful about what other people are saying. So let's use a local restaurant for those that are not from the Tampa area. Great local restaurant. Found them on Yelp. Mm-hmm. Everything that everyone said about them matched the experience that I got inside. From the food pictures to the decor to, I mean, even the clientele. It gives a sense. Now, did I go to the website? Nope. Did I go there their social? media? Nope. But I got a sense of their culture by what other people were telling me. So if we are not careful at framing the language that we're using, I'm talking about everything. I'm talking to the business owner. I'm talking to the lawyer, starting their own firm. I'm talking to the entrepreneur in the tech industry that's behind their computer, like the pajama humaja Dean or the stay at home mom that wants to start an Etsy shop or the local pastor. What are you saying about your culture? And if you are not fighting for that, other people will interpret what you want rather than you telling them who you are.
0: Okay, so where do we start with that? Because, That's a great question. I yeah. mean, you got to think of it like, okay, are we sitting there and making an, – because I've been to Oxford Exchange. I know that experience mm-hmm. is – do you say what you've experienced is because somebody intentionally said, I want people to think – this about the food. I want them Ooh, to think this. That
1: is a phenomenal question. That's not the question people ask. So your brain is already wired from this sense. So let's bring everyone into this journey. So the importance about this is when you set out and think about what business you want to start, what um, church you want to start, fill in the blank. Because right. I know that we're dealing with a wide audience of listeners here. So let's fill in the blank. The first thing that you want to do and for those that don't know my background is in art and marketing so if i start talking too fast i'm mexican so i don't talk fast people listen slow get on board all right it's, this is a short you, podcast we gotta squeeze we'll it, get all it all in. in right now so here's the beautiful thing about a uh, story and so when we started i'll use our church again i know not everyone's faith background i'm gonna use the church when we started the church i sat down with the whiteboard and my husband and our creative director and i said who do we want to target in this church Brilliant. And if you don't have the ideal, um, let's say we're using a business, the ideal customer, or in a church sense, the ideal churchgoer, then it's going to be a hodgepodge. And if you aim at nothing, you shoot nothing. Right. And then the things that you do shoot, is that what you really wanted to shoot? Right. And so we became laser focused on what we wanted. I did a lot of back-end research, and I kept on seeing this large... So, for those that don't know, prior to church planning, I was speaking at conferences and writing books. I worked for Christine Kane, an anti human trafficking organization. My husband was on staff at a mega church in California. We didn't need to do this church, we didn't want to do this church. We saw that there was this gap in church, and the gap was the 18 to 27 year old male. And what they are really wanting is a mentor. They're really Mm -hmm. wanting someone to look up to and someone to help them craft their life. We can get into the sociological impacts of that, like missing dads in the home, broken families, latchkey kids, second generation. We can get into all of that, but let's just call it for what it is. There's this missing window of those men in church. So when we think about who we're targeting, the series that we're crafting, how we're communicating, the person that we're talking to, how we're marketing, who we're marketing to, the worship that we choose, guess what? It is tailor-made for someone that we've deduced, his name is Taylor. He is 27 years old. He wants to get married. He could be in relationship or about to be engaged. He wants to have a, have a family, but he's fearful because he never had a family model. He's looking for someone of faith. He's kind of maybe had a wild past, but is looking to get back into church. Um, this isn't the Christian superhighway. It's not going to be the Tim Kellers that are going to reach him. It's going to be those that are going to gently nudge them onto yep. a greater spiritual depth. That is the person we're going after. So from the series, we did a series, Life's Toughest Questions, we did a series on financial freedom. We did a series um, on really equipping the next generation, not just men, but men and women on what does it look like to adult and adult well. And so even in our language from our social media engagement to social media content, auxiliary content as well. My husband did something called table talk where I organized seven millennial men to come around the table and talk about various topics. One was racism. One is sex and relationships. Another is finances. And what we're doing is we're creating this content that other men could share. Think of like LeBron's barbershop. We wanted to Hmm. do that, but talk about things that Christian men or soon to be Christian men cared about. We're crafting stories so that anything that is shared is truly us.
0: So people are listening right now and they're going, that's great. Mm-hmm. But what I'm in right now is truly us and it's not great. Yeah. How do we change that? How the, do we change the culture, mm-hmm. change the story? Um, Because some of them are being true to themselves and the culture's just not too great or their story is not too great. Do they get other people around them? I and mean, what do mm-hmm. they do?
1: So, okay. For the person who's saying, uh, this is, this is, this is a great question. It could be a whole podcast topic on itself. But for those that are sitting here saying, I don't have a story, that's a lie that the enemy has allowed you to believe. Yes. Whether you are a lawyer, a doctor, a pastor, a stay at home mom, you do. And right. you have to be a, you have to be a grave digger. You got to go in and get them bones out the grave right. to reconstruct the skeleton, of the story that you, that is there. One that you maybe tried to hide, tried to bury, that people told you was embarrassing or useless. No, we serve a God who redeems all things. He turns ashes into beauty. So bring that ash up. Come on, let's (laughs) do something with it. No, for the person that's just like, well, what do we do for culture? You have to, I did a leadership talk at our church called Culture Vultures. We need Vulture will look at a dead piece of meat and swarm it and pick at it. We need to be so true to our culture that we need to hover around anything that is dead and not us and get rid of it. So you have to have vanguards of culture that are keeping... This is not who we are. And I'm not just talking about, oh, there's trash on the floor and we're a clean church. I'm talking about, again, I'm using church model because that's what we're using as our paradigm. For, their, for those people that are talking trash, uh-uh-uh-uh. all of our leaders, guess what? You are deputized in the name of Jesus. You go call someone out right. for the gossip, for the licentious talk, for, the, for the, the naysayers, for the haters, for the doubters. There's no place here. And we have a loving, gentle conversation of this is not who we is.
0: I love that. Okay, so, let's get incredibly practical. Great. Um, how do I know what my story is to the target audience? Yours is Taylor. You said Taylor. Mm-hmm. Taylor. So how do you know what Taylor's thinking about you guys?
1: You know, that's the funny thing. That's a great question. I've never been asked. You don't really know, but okay. when you see Taylor's rolling into church, that's how headed. you know. Yep.
0: That's how you no know. No one's going to
1: come and say, yeah, I feel really marketed to. Cause that's, right. that's great marketing. Great marketing is that you don't know how you got there. You don't know why you eat McDonald's, but you do.
0: I don't. I just want you <laughs> to know I was only defending it for my four you precious want children. Give me a
1: McFlurry any day. I Absolutely. I hate that I love McFlurries. <laughs> like, Jesus, help me. Okay, so let's talk about like the the, the culture that you want to sure. create. This is a beautiful thing. You get to dream it up. Yes. I'm a seven on Enneagram. Dreaming's easy for me. I'm also like faith is high on my, my strength finders. I love dreaming. I love pushing people to faith. Okay. But faith... Uh, you get to create, you sit at a whiteboard and you get some of your top thinkers around you. If you're a stay at home mom, bring your besties. Who do you want to market to? Invent that person, give them a name. What music do they listen to? What's their income? Where do they shop? Where do they want to shop? What are their greatest needs? What are the greatest fears? You literally create an entire person and then you talk to that person. So one of our mutual friends, Pastor Daniel Floyd, out of Life mm-hmm. Point Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia, I actually flew out to their church, and we created a guy. We That's named incredible. him. And you know what? Things begin to shift, not just on social media, but in how Pastor Daniel was communicating, some of the stuff that he was putting out, even to his website. And you could see it fruit in his church two years later.
0: Because the tendency is going to be... We want to reach everybody. They start the business because we want everybody to eat here. Nope. But you would say that's a fail.
1: I would. I would say that it's like when you, let's say that you feel like, I really feel like something bubbly and I'm feeling like Coca-Cola. And then someone goes to the soda machine and they put a little Sprite, a little bit of Dr. Pepper, a little bit of Coke, a little bit of Diet Coke. And they're like, well, it's a soda. But you really want that pure, unadulterated, sugary goodness that is really bad for you. (laughs) Um, And that's what you, that's what you... That's what you want and that's what you right. expect. And so when it's a muddled experience, who wants to go back?
0: So when you make that list of what Taylor looks like, mm-hmm. how do you prioritize? Because as I mean, even in a startup church plant start mm-hmm. a business, like you can only do so much. You can only do so much, yeah. So how did you prioritize? Like this was the most important cultural thing.
1: Okay. So I, the caveat here is I love storytelling and I love marketing. So my caveat is this might not work for everyone. I'm just saying social media is free marketing. Yes. And so whether you are a lawyer, a stay at home mom, starting a business on Etsy or a church pastor, you want to reach people. And yes, ideally we'd go into restaurants and bars and hospitals and tell people about this, but this is a one-on-one exchange. The power of social media and what has flipped the script on marketing is that we can Get to reach tens, hundreds, thousands, and millions of people for free nine to nine. That's incredible. Marketing companies, you'd have to spend thousands and right. thousands to invest. So when we started our church, we were told everyone loves a good mailer. We spent ten thousand dollars on mailers that ended up in someone's trash. Absolutely. And we spent one thousand dollars on Facebook ads. And you want to know what brought in the most people? Facebook. Because the shareability is just so easy. You just share it with your friends. And you know what we did is we know that we didn't want to reshuffle the Christian deck. If you were tired of your church, I don't want you to come here. Just stay there, get plugged in, fall in love with Jesus. We were going for the people on the outside. And so remember, Taylor is 27-year-old male, but we also parlayed that to Taylor being a 27-year-old female. So when we created our Facebook ads, we said people also have shared interest in Beyonce, Hillsong, it's brilliant. Um, some local, Equinox is a bougie gym out in right. Orange County. Um, Equinox and a couple of local like bars and restaurants. Wow. And so we knew that that is where Taylor is. Taylor's not sitting in church on uh, for the right. 9 a.m. service. Taylor is brunching with his or her friends. Taylor is at Equinox. Taylor is listening, downloading. And there's a sense, the people that were going after, there's a sense of spirituality. So they might be familiar with Hillsong, but then on their Instagram, there's going to be a quote from a Hillsong lyric, take me out into the ocean, you know? Sure. And then the next picture is them with a Corona in booty shorts right. in Mexico. Corona the drink. Yes. Corona the drink. Right. Ah! Right. Uh, <laughs> Good, yeah, catch. Good catch. <laughs> Good catch. Yes. Yeah. Corona with a lime on a beach in Mexico. So the the, the dichotomy between this person is that right. they do want a sense of spirituality. They don't know how to get there. We're just going to be an on, on ramp to get them there.
0: Okay. So you're two years in and yes. we'll kind of end our culture talk with this. You're two years in. How do you keep story in front of people? Cause it's really exciting to start it. Taylor's our goal. Yeah. And you get two years in, and people just kind of forget.
1: I'm the worst. Yeah. And by the worst, I mean the best. Okay. Every week, I ask staff. I have a whole folder on Basecamp that says stories. Every email that comes wow. in, that's a story. I, our, our girl who handles our emails, we are story collectors. I mean, if someone makes a generous donation during our church building campaign, that's a story. We put them on video. We share their story. We'll even some of our, our European team don't have the technology to record it, but you, they'll record an audio message on their phone and we put pictures and imagery over it. I make stories. I I mean, you give me a cow, I will serve it in 50,000 ways. That's how we need to think about stories. So there's long-form stories that you can share a testimony in church that's 10 minutes. There's baptism stories that are three minutes. There's testimonies that are 60 seconds and then you have a giving story that's 15 seconds and all of those are long-form. That is brilliant.
0: Can you say that one more time just for people? So you
1: have long-form stories that you can share 10 minutes in a sermon that's absolutely powerful. It's crafted from team here. But if you whittle that down, you could have a five minute testimony story of someone telling about the transformation that God did in their life. Then you have a 60 second generosity story that can share for one minute long form on IGTV, or you can have a 15 second giving story. That's a story with a swipe up to give.
0: It is brilliant because in every time you share story, you reinforce culture and you're building culture just by stories. And Jesus did
1: that. I was, brother, we must be church leaders I was just about to say that. (laughs) I was like, that was Jesus's number one modus operandi. Story, 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 story. And you know what transforms people? Not data. You know what transforms people? Not being impressive. You know what transforms people? Not gorgeousness. Story transforms people. Jesus used it. I love it. I'm using it. And it creates your culture.
0: Okay. I want to ask you one more question because there's a whole group of people watching today and people have contacted me all day today just because you're preaching tonight. And I just want to take a little shift. I'm already nervous. Okay, you are a female Mexican Puerto Rican communicator that Mm -hmm. is thriving. There's a lot of young women and people that are in minorities that go. I would love, yeah. Like I feel like my story's not great, and I want that kind of ending like you've had. It's not been easy, Mm -hmm. but you are thriving. How encourage them? What, What can people do? Young girls that go. I want to preach. Yeah, I don't have an opportunity. I don't know if my story's worth telling. What do you um, we encourage them?
1: I'm getting encouraged men and women, young or old, three things. Number one, I always was ashamed and I'm embarrassed with this. I was ashamed to be female. I was ashamed to be brown. I was ashamed to come from immigrants and I was ashamed of being poor. And the very thing that kept me silent and hidden for so long was the very thing that the moment that I surrendered over to God to stop hiding Stop hiding your weight struggle. Stop hiding that you're brown. Stop trying to be someone that you're not. It's incredible, Bianca. The Lord used that to take my voice and my message to places that it never could be. So I stopped being ashamed of who I was and stepped into with the full authority of like, I is who I is and you like me or you mm, don't, you know, great. I'm a savage. So like, <laughs> that's, that's the first thing. And then the second thing I would, I would say is serve someone else's dream until you can step into yours. Brilliant. And I think with so much with my generation, I'm I'm a millennial, I'm an older millennial, but I'm a millennial nonetheless. And I feel like so much of my generation is just like, it's about me, 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 me. And social Mm -hmm. media, the thing that I spoke about that I love so much is also this, this curse. If we're not careful, it really could be our Achilles heel. And so we feel like we see all these people becoming Insta famous and becoming social influencers. And we, we see that we think like, that's so easy. I could do that, but we lose the, The art of being an artisan Hmm. and an apprentice is someone who learns from someone who's mastered the art. So people who have come and served under you, they're going to be set up to understand. Here's the number one. This is the third thing, which I can't even take credit for. It's Christine Kane. who She punched me in the face for eight years that I worked for her. And I (laughs) I said, thank you, ma'am. Can I have another? The third thing is you got to learn how to die to self. No one's talking about that because we want it. It's like Burger King. We want it my way. Right. And I'm sorry, that's not life. And if you, and now I'm, I am going to speak to the Christians very directly. If you feel called to pursue the call of Christ in your life, whether it's being a millionaire, a doctor, a professor, a pastor, wherever it is, if you feel called to, to live the John Ten Ten life, the life to the fullest, the abundant life, you've got to die to self. So good. You've got to say, it's not my will. It's what Jesus did in the Garden yep. of Gethsemane. Not my will. It's not what I want to do, but your will be done. And I think if we remember those three things, I think that that's, it's not the answers. It's not the three yep. magic pills, but I think it's the step to say, I want to surrender my story to the fullness of God. I want to uh, die to myself and I want to help someone build their dream until I get to step into mine.
0: Bianca Altov, ladies and gentlemen, you have to follow her. She's got so much wisdom so and you kind. have an incredible podcast too. Thank you. Tell everybody how they can...
1: Yes, uh, the podcast is entitled We're Going There. It's on YouTube's uh, the YouTube's The YouTube. The YouTube You are a millennial, a little older millennial. I or was we can find say, you on the Facebook, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and any other platform where people download podcasts. I'm mortified. I said the YouTube's,
0: the, the YouTube. YouTube's. It's not
1: even on YouTube. We're crying in the mud. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, any any platform that podcasts are played, it's there.
0: Y'all follow her. Y'all <laughs> download her podcast. Subscribe. Hey, we're glad you joined us for Made for More. We'll see you in our next episode.